I'm Dwayne Stolzfus, uh, Professor of Communication here at Goshen College, Director of the Core General Education Program. And one of the benefits of being Core Director is that I get to help plan convocation events and chapel services, along with my colleagues from Campus Ministries, Gwen Gustafson-Zook and Dr. Lakendra Hardware, and the members of the Convocation and Chapel Committee. Our theme for this school year is global citizenship, and President Rebecca Stolzfus will offer reflections on that theme in just a little bit. I'd like to mention that the President's Cabinet reaffirmed the importance of this time set aside for building up our community and for enhancing the educational experience for all of us here at Goshen College. Uh, one way they did this was by adding convocation events and chapel services automatically to the uh, calendars of, of faculty and staff. And also uh, the president's cabinet uh, uh, agreed to double down in saying no meetings at this 10 a.m. Wednesday time period to encourage as much participation as possible. And one last thing that we're going to do, and that is we're going to develop a series of video greetings that will begin each chapel and each convo. Uh, those, um, those videos will soon be under production. Uh, opportunities for some of you uh, to remind us when we arrive to put away at the appropriate time those electronic devices. This is about respect for the musicians and for the speakers. And it's about respecting those around you, not distracting them. And maybe most of all, it's also about taking good care of yourself. We're all healthier in mind, in body and in spirit, when we intentionally build into our day those hours when we set aside technology and we are just fully present with those around us. And now I would like to introduce Kampas Stemple, who in turn will introduce the president. Kampas, a sophomore nursing major from Harrisonburg, Virginia. He's president of the student council a student senate and a member of the student ministry team and also of the admission team and, and there's more. On a, a personal note, I don't think he'll mind if I mention that he likes shoes. From sandals to tennis shoes to boots. And this, this fall you may see him wearing a pair of white New Balance sneakers on clear and sunny days. And given all the work that he has lined up in Student Senate and other activities this fall, the shoes are going to get a workout. Please help me welcome Kampa Stemple. Good morning, Goshen College, and good morning to our new students and employees. I am very happy to be back on campus to begin new friendships and deepen those from last year. My name is Kampa Stemple, and I am president of Student Senate. In my role as president, my goal is to get your needs, concerns, and approval on the Senate's agenda so we can bring healthy influence to the community together. With this goal, it is important that you, yes, you students, actively participate in this action to promote the community that we want and need. 
to be the action, bring your attention to Senate announcements and statements that will make you aware of meetings and forums. Your attendance and propositions in these meetings and forums inspire how we together form the community of Goshen College. Next, I would like to introduce someone very special to our campus. Alongside her husband, Kevin, they together have a daughter and son, Lydia and Gabe. She was a 1983 chemistry graduate of Goshen College, where she went on to receive a master's degree and doctorate in human nutrition from Cornell University. Previously, she was vice provost for undergraduate education and professor of human nutrition at Cornell University. Our president is not only professionally qualified, but she comes to work prepared each day as she begins her day with a morning routine that includes the soothing practice of Tai Chi. Yes, just like some of us, she has a morning routine that includes turning on the coffee pot, enjoying Tai Chi in the morning outdoors, sipping coffee while watching the morning dawn, reflecting on feelings and ways of life through journaling, and reading poetry like the Persian and Islam-inspired Sufi poetry. Anyways, without further ado, please welcome our one and only college president, Rebecca Stoltzfus, or otherwise known as Becky. Ocean College, and what a fabulous way to end my first year, beginning a new year with you, um, since I began at Goshen College after the start of last year. Um, thank you, Kampa, for your introduction, and thank you for your leadership. I look forward to working with you and the Student Senate this year. I want to begin by acknowledging that we gather as Goshen College on the traditional land of the Potawatomi and Miami peoples, past and present, and we honor with gratitude the land itself and the people who have been its stewards throughout the generations. This calls us to commit to continuing to learn how to be better stewards of the land that we inhabit as well. And in this year, when we focus on global citizenship as a core value, I am pleased to announce that we will celebrate October 8 as Indigenous Peoples Day this year as a campus. And now we would like to recognize the people in this room. Seniors, this is the last opening convo for you. And just a short nine months from now, <laughs> we will cheer you on as you graduate. But today, please stand for one last warm GC welcome. Seniors, stand up. <laughs> Class of 2019, be seated. So sophomores and juniors, whether you are returning or new to this campus as transfers, we're so glad that you're here for another year or two. Please stand up. <laughs> and
And now, our first year class, the class of 2022. Will you please stand up? Welcome. And to all the faculty, staff, administrators, and neighbors who lead or teach or serve our campus, please stand for a round of applause. And we are not quite done. Goshen College also engages with our community in a wide variety of ways. And one of those ways is through our Campus Center for Young Children and our college kindergarten. So representing all the many community members with whom we serve and learn, I ask our kindergarten children to stand. Welcome children. the Center for Young Children, the CCYC, the threes and fours. Children, we are so glad that you're a part of our campus. Welcome to you. So as our alma mater singers come to this stage, children, please be dismissed through the aisles so that our grown-up students can meet you. I'll stand for the singing of the alma mater. And a new tradition. Because this is the first convo of the season, I have asked our interim athletic directors, Erica and Rustin, to throw out the first pitch. Pitch this. <laughs> Ready? There's a spot in Indiana. 
So today I want to speak to you about our core value of global citizenship. Um, and the faculty began with a very rich conversation about this um, before the students arrived back. What really does this core value mean to us and what would it look like to embody it more fully at Goshen College? So my words reflect some of the wisdom of the faculty that were shared a couple of weeks ago. 50 years this fall, on September 12, 1968, our first official study service term, or SST units, left for Costa Rica, Guadalupe, and Jamaica. In the year that the first Big Mac was sold for 49 cents, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, and the first Boeing 747 flew, Goshen College made international education a required part of our core curriculum, with our own faculty leading groups of students in a full academic term of experiential learning in nations that are very different from this one. This was a phenomenal commitment and innovation for any US college or university at that time, and it continues to make Goshen College outstanding today. This year, as we celebrate 50 years of SST, and we imagine its future, it is fitting and exciting to focus on our core value of global citizenship. So let's start by thinking about these two words, and I want to start with the noun. Citizenship is a word with several layers of meaning. Legal citizenship involves geographic and political boundaries around certain rights and privileges, access to security, resources, freedom. Citizens have a voice. In these days, so characterized by nationalistic fervor, citizenship brings up strong emotions. And so I want you to know that regardless of your geopolitical citizenship, at Goshen College, we are all citizens of this campus community. You are citizens with full access to the security, resources, freedom of this place. You have a voice. We welcome students from any nation. This year, our student body is comprised of citizens of 28 countries and 37 of our, of our United States. Unlike most colleges and universities in the United States, we provide financial aid to students from any nation of origin. At Goshen College, we also welcome students who are undocumented in the United States. And to our DACA and undocumented students, we will walk with you, we will support you, and we are advocating for your rights. The core value that we claim at Goshen College is global citizenship a concept not defined by the borders of nations. There is no legal body that gives you global citizenship. By global citizenship, we also mean something different from one's inherent rights and dignity as a human being. We hold the worth of each human being to be intrinsic, 
in the words of the US Constitution, unalienable. But that's not all that we mean in this core value. Our core value is something that one learns and grows into, or not. We are saying that we intend to learn and grow in this way. My experience of global citizenship at Goshen College set me on a path that has unfolded through my lifetime. And I want to begin with a couple of stories. As a researcher, I study the causes and consequences of malnutrition in families, especially in women and children living in low-income communities around the world. A part of my research is about how babies are fed. Everywhere around the world, mothers and other caregivers have strong cultural views about how to take care of babies. And so I sometimes find myself in the position of persuading mothers and others to do scientific best practices that run counter to their own cultural traditions. My training at research universities taught me that scientific knowledge is true. But many people understand cultural knowledge as true. We in the West tend to relegate culture to non-science. Notice, for example, that we sometimes refer to cultural practices as old wives' tales. A put-down, by the way, that combines ageism and sexism. <laughs> associating truth with being young and male. How does this relate to global citizenship? Well, I believe in the power of scientific methods and the use of evidence to inform my views. But I have also come to see that my Western scientific worldview is one worldview amongst many. And it is one created and promulgated by formal colonial powers, and not the only one that matters to people's well-being. Cultural knowledge is also a source of truth, and cultural dignity matters. I believe that health services and health education need to be designed with cultural knowledge and dignity at their core. And that means investing the time to learn deeply about the cultural beliefs of the people that I am trying to serve. Another story comes from my teaching. In my previous work at Cornell University, we developed a global health experiential learning program in the Dominican Republic. Our lead partner was Dr. Angel Pichardo, who is a physician and sociologist. He is also a community organizer in his home neighborhood where he has created a holistic alternative medicine clinic to serve the low-income families there. His clinic is truly an oasis on a hot and dirty street, offering yoga, reiki, qigong, and warm friendship. When we invited Angel to our campus to lecture in our global health courses, he looked at our syllabus and immediately posed a challenging question. Why is it that in a course called Global Health, you teach only Western perspectives? Hmm. I was so immersed in Western medicine that I hadn't even thought about that. And so began a very interesting discussion about what at Cornell University we wanted to include in our global health curriculum. So what does it mean for Goshen College to hold global citizenship as a core value? I'm going to offer you three ideas. The first idea is that global citizenship entails empathy, 
and imagination, the capacity to see from the other's point of view. Global citizenship is not about international travel and racking up visa pages in your passport. There are world travelers that are not global citizens, and there are global citizens that are not world travelers. As we grow up, part of being human is to be trained in the ways of our family and our culture. We need this cultural blanket to feel secure, especially during childhood. But from this place of security, to be educated toward global citizenship, we need also to move outside of our home culture, whether that is primarily defined by family, by racial, ethnic, or religious group, or by nation. Traveling into unknown cultures is perhaps the most powerful form of education known. This view is held across centuries and across the globe, from the Persians to the Chinese, from Jesus to Mohammed. The prophet Mohammed said, don't tell me how educated you are, tell me how much you have traveled. Journeys into unknown cultures can be deeply transformative, giving us the perspective to see from another's point of view. And if we do not shrink from it, to feel the profound disorientation of that. Like looking into an M.C. Escher painting. What is up? What is down? Where is the ground? From this point of disorientation, we can see our home culture from a new perspective, even view it as a foreign land. And we have the opportunity to find a new ground of our own being and identity that is not so dependent on our home culture. Henry David Thoreau said, not until we are lost do we begin to understand ourselves. To state this personally, cultural dislocation enables me to see that my beloved home culture and traditions are one amongst many, each with its brilliance and its blind spots. And to discover that part of me, who is Becky, in whatever context I may find myself. Yes, I adapt, I acculturate, but I am me wherever I am in the world. And I know how to honor and care for myself while also stretching and adapting to honor and care for those I encounter. The second idea that I would offer is that global citizens are trained to see and feel the connections between things. Connections direct and indirect, positive and negative, between our daily lives and those of other people nearby and in distant parts of the world. And as we see those connections to explore the ethical obligations that follow from those connections. So we are changed as our knowledge grows. We are willing to use or even to sacrifice the rights and privileges of our individual citizenship in order to be a good neighbor, trusting that ultimately this will not diminish our lives, but enrich us. Global citizenship in this time of ecological crisis brings up obligations toward the planet. And not just the humans, but Earth herself, her species, and ecosystems. And in our present moment, when we see nationalism ascending as a social force and ideology, not only in this country, but in many world nations, global citizenship means being willing to see and name the unjust ways 
often based on race, that the US and other nation states have created structures of citizenship that continue to oppress others that we deem to be not really like us or not really as deserving as us. My third idea is that global citizens encourage in one another the disposition and skills to act on those obligations in the interests of transformative justice. Global citizens have a posture of humility that respects the culture of where you are, whether or not it is your home culture. They tolerate and even honor other ways of doing things, not assuming your way is natural or superior, and at the same time, being willing to share your own values and traditions to use your voice. Being okay with ambiguity, even if you really love certainty. Offering generous hospitality and warm welcome to other people and other ideas. Being brave, taking the steps to truly learn from your travels. This kind of learning is more likely to happen if we intentionally approach the world with open curiosity. We see reality with clear eyes, but we also seek and expect to find elements of goodness, of beauty. And that is more likely if we are conscious of the beauty and goodness that we carry within ourselves. Just as the Hindu greeting, Namaste, is often translated as the divine in me, greets the divine in you, we might approach the world as the goodness in me seeks the goodness in you. The beauty in me seeks the beauty in you. I want to end with a story from my own home, told with permission. When my daughter Lydia was in fifth grade and my son Gabe was in third, for Earth Day, Lydia was assigned to gather certain information about our house and lifestyle. And at school, they entered it into a website that calculated our environmental footprint. That afternoon, they walked home from school together, and Lydia was explaining this to Gabe. When I met them at the door, Gabe was in tears. Lydia told me that the world was going to run out of natural resources in 40 years. And in my haste to comfort him, I said, no, Gabe, what Lydia meant is that the world would run out of natural resources if everyone in the world lived like we do. <laughs> you know, the things that mothers hear coming out of their mouths. But many, many people in the world don't live like we do. People in Africa, for example, don't use nearly as many natural resources as we do. Gabe said, Mom, I'm so glad for those people in Africa. And then I realized that the conversation could not end there. And I said, but there's a problem, Gabe. Those people in Africa don't want to live like that. Many of them are living in poverty. They want to live like we do. And so we need to change the way we act, the way we live and work. 
The biggest part of our carbon footprint at that time was my frequent international travel for the sake of global health. Hmm. Seeing the connections between things. I feel that the task of my generation, a task yet unfinished, is to muster the courage to be truthful about the depth of the environmental problems we face. To be able to see them, name them, measure them, honestly and truthfully. It will be your generation who will make the discoveries and breakthroughs that might make the Earth sustainable for all of us. Not to let my generation off the hook, you need us to do our work. But oh, how we need you. All of this takes courage. Our most limited resources are not money or airfares or even visas. They are compassion, imagination, and courage. It is what the environmental teacher Joanna Macy calls active hope. She writes, to play our best part, we need to counter the voices that say that we're not up to the task, that we're not good enough, strong enough, or wise enough to make any difference. If we fear the mess that we're in is too awful to look at, or that we won't be able to cope with the distress it brings up, we need to find a way through that fear. I hope that Goshen College offers you a community of global citizens a community of travelers, actors, practitioners, and thinkers who educate you, and in the midst of whom you know that you are not alone, a community that gives you courage. This community of people is a crucial part of the Goshen curriculum. Can we educate each other to become more courageous, imaginative, and connected? I want you to travel during your years at Goshen College, to travel and learn in other cultures, perhaps in another country, perhaps in the Florida Keys, the LA Film School, or as an outsider student in the Elkhart County Jail in our Inside Out May term. Maybe sharing a meal, or hanging out in an apartment or family home or dorm room of another Goshen student whose home culture is very different from your own. I want us all to remember that we are a community living in and around Goshen, comprised of students from 37 states and 28 countries, and that for many, Goshen College is the most disorienting and challenging place they have ever experienced. Let us approach one another with care and respect, seeking beauty and goodness in each other. See the connections. Explore the obligations arising from those connections. Act in the interests of justice. Global citizenship at Goshen College begins right here. And now, let's welcome the 2018 Parables Ensemble. Don't you see? I am you are. 
That's what I said. I am you, army. Don't you see? I am you, army. That's what I said. I am you, army. Don't you see? I am you, army. That's what I said. I am you, army. Don't you see? I am you, army. That's what I said. I am you, army. Don't you see? I am you, army. That's what I said. I am you, army. Don't you see? I am Okay, thank you so much, Parables. That was terrific. And speaking of terrific, we have uh, uh, that in our lineup of convo and events and chapel services planned for this semester. We'll be back here next Wednesday for the opening chapel service. And now it's time for the annual applause tunnel as we mark the start of the school year. I want to make sure everyone knows that when your group is called to leave, you're all going to head out this door right over here, including people in the balcony. So if you're in the balcony, come down on this side, and you'll come through the sanctuary and head out that same door. 
We're going to be uh, forming the, the tunnel. It's going to circle around Schrock Plaza in front of the library. And did I mention there are going to be donuts, rise and roll donuts? Remember how the, uh, the president handed out those? Uh, I sh just small point, small point of, of just clarification. Donut holes, donut holes, rise and roll, rise and roll. And uh, there will be healthy alternatives. So if you're not into rise and roll donut holes, you can get a healthy snack. All right, now before we begin walking, it's important to also uh, pause for a flashback image. Let's go to that slide. On October 5th, 1984, Becky's father, Victor Stolzfus, was welcomed as president with a dunk in the Schrock Plaza fountain. And Captain Maple Leaf presided over the ceremony. In a few minutes, 34 years later, we're going to be sharing in a similar historic chapter. May the spirit of Captain Maple Leaf be with us as well. And now it's time to head out. Students, hold tight for a moment. We're going to ask faculty and staff to leave first.